Welcome to episode 26 of Continuous Quality Compliance. Today I'm talking about the key lines of inquiry. These are really important when you're doing a regulated activity. The key lines of inquiry are the five areas which a provider gets inspected on. These come out of the regulations. Being the Chloe, they can be added to or taken away. They can be moved around like the regulations. But it is important to look at how your processes align with the key lines of inquiry. There are two frameworks, one for healthcare, one for social care. A good, it's a good idea to develop your processes, see how they align with the regulations and the key lines of inquiry. The five areas which are looked at are safe, caring, effective, responsive, and well led. The way I remember them is using the mnemonic screw. Makes life a lot easier. So the first area they look at is safe. Here you need to show you have robust systems in place. These should include for safeguarding and recruitment. Safeguarding is seen as everyone's responsibility. A registered manager should be trained to level three. Other staff, dependent on the roles, can be at level one or two. Most staff should be at level two safeguarding training. Recruitment and induction is key to having safe staff who are fit persons. Values-based recruitment is important and a robust induction as well as a robust training regime. I always say asking staff to read key policies is not enough. You have to check competency too. Ask at least three key questions on the policy to ascertain understanding. You also need to show that you have a good risk management process in place, which is appropriate for the activity being undertaken in your organisation. If you're responsible for medicines management, you need to show how that is being done and that the staff are trained adequately and the competency is checked on a regular basis. CTC do know that even with the best processes in place, things can go wrong. They want to know how you deal with the situation. Are lessons learned? How do you prevent the issue arising again? Do you talk about lessons learned at meetings? Is there reflective practice? I also want to know, how do you manage infection control? This needs to be appropriate to the service you provide. For instance, infection control in a care home is going to be different to a person's home. Clinics will need different levels of infection control protocols dependent on the level of treatment provided. The next area they look at is effective. CKC want to know if you are an effective organisation. Do you have a good induction process in place? They want to know how you assess care and treatment. Is it evidence-based following current practice and legislation? How will you monitor outcomes of your clients? Have you discussed their outcomes with them? Are you checking that your staff have the right level of knowledge and skills to undertake the treatment procedure or activity? They also want to know that your staff work well in teams whether that is internal or external. To me, external is those other health professionals you work with, like GPs, occupational therapists, dietitians, etc. Whether the service is responsible for helping people to lead healthier lives, so for example, GP practices, then they want to know how you're doing that. How are you talking to your patients about that? The other area they look at is consent. Is it taken consistently and is it in line with legislation and guidance? You also have to look at uh, staff handover if that is a required activity for your service. So this is usually in um, care homes or home care agencies. 
and I have seen some very poor practice in staff handover. Do you take supervision? How often is it undertaken? Is it effective? Is it managed and scheduled or is it just done ad hoc? And if you are a provider who's responsible for nutrition and hydration, how is this being done? Is it person-centred? The next Chloe is caring. What they want to know is, how will the service ensure that people are treated with kindness, respect and compassion? And that they're given the emotional support when needed? I will say, how would you like your loved ones to be treated? And that's how you should be treating the people that you are looking after. Seeking also want to know, are you supporting clients to express their views? And are you actively encouraging them in the decision-making process? And at the same time, are you managing their privacy and dignity? With responsive, they're looking at how are people receiving care in a responsive way to their needs? Do you take account of the particular needs and choices of different people? So, for instance, if you're a home care agency or a care home, are you looking at people's culture, their spiritual needs, etc.? Can people access care in a timely manner? If you are looking after people at end of life, how are you managing this process? Do you have a process for complaints? And are you making your clients aware of this? And is the complaints policy provided in an accessible format if it's required? Those are the kind of things they're looking for in, respon in responsive. The complaints procedure and who the ombudsman is will depending on the organisation. So if you're NHS, it's different. If you're private, it's different. But you do all need a complaints procedure. Then the last query they look at is when led. Here they want to know, do you have leadership and capacity to sustain high quality care and treatment? Does the management team have a strategy and plans for robust delivery of outcomes? What is the culture of your organisation? Do your staff know the values of the organisation and the ethos and the mission and the vision? Do you have a governance framework in place which is managed well? Is there a system for ensuring that performance is met? And what happens when staff are performing below what is expected of them? So they're not performing at optimum levels. Are the people who use the services supported? And is there a continuous improvement strategy in place? The areas that providers fail in commonly are safe and well-led. No, leadership is difficult. It's not easy. And there's so many different ways of doing it. There are different types of leadership in place. And again, that comes down to the culture of the place. My favourite one is collaborative leadership. I think it's so important moving away from the hierarchical one. I have been part of a hierarchical one in the NHS. Too much red tape. So you see, there is a lot to think about. But it helps to do this in advance and look at what CQC are looking for. Some people have come to me saying they want help with their application. They haven't even done this prerequisite work and it's really important to know because it forms a quite a key part of the application process. So you really do need to have thought about the key lines of inquiry, what they mean for your organisation, how it aligns to your organisation. At the same time, I want you to remember that the CQC is a part of what you need to do as an organisation. It's not the only thing you're doing. So look at your organisation, look at your processes, 
and then look at how the CQC standards fit into it. Don't do it the other way around. Don't try and fit into the CQC because then you won't be running the organisation the way you want it. You'll be just doing it in terms of the standards and that's not why you're doing what you're doing. So it's really important to have done strategy on a page, looked at what your purpose is, what your values are, look at what processes you need, put them in place and then think about, well, okay, so this is what we want to do. What do we need to do? What are the gaps to then meet the CQC standards? And that's a much better and effective way of doing it. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the podcast. Do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes.